Yeah, this morning I'm carrying on the series that we've been doing on the kingdom. And so let's pray. Father, so wonderful, girl, to declare all that we believe that you are our God and Father, that Jesus is your Son, that we believe in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, and that you are three in one, and that we as your children can come to you and know you and love you and be loved by you, that you have made the way for us to come into your kingdom, And we will rise again at the end of time with you. But in the meantime, we're living here on earth and we desire to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That is our heart's cry, to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So Father, open our hearts and our ears to hear from you this morning. And Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me as I bring your word. Let me be that instrument in your hands. Be your voice at this time. Lead me, guide me, direct me. I ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. On the 8th of September, 2022, Queen Elizabeth II passed away bringing an end to an era of 70 years in which she reigned as Queen of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, and as the head of state for many other nations and territories, as well as being head of the Commonwealth. Prince Charles became king at the moment of his mother's passing, but it was only yesterday that his coronation took place, and he was crowned as King Charles III. I don't know how many of you watched it, it was an amazing ceremony and was so wonderful to, be see, to see Christ as central in all that was said and declared in that time. Now, for the past seven months, we've been living in this situation where the queen is no longer on the throne and the king is yet to take his place on the throne. There's been much anticipation and preparation during this time, and we need to remember that plans had been in place long before the queen's reign ended but they could only begin to action those plans once the queen had died. A date was set and the preparation for the coronation could begin. Yesterday we saw the culmination of all that planning and preparation when Charles sat on the throne and was crowned as king of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. And as the church, we are living in a similar situation to what we've been like what it's been like for this nation for the past seven months. We live in the anticipation of the return of Jesus to the earth once more. Jesus came to earth 2,000 years ago and brought the kingdom of God to earth once again. As I said in the last message that I preached here a month and a bit ago, which was the four phases of the kingdom. If you want, you can see it on the website, go and watch it again, or if you haven't watched it, go and watch it and you'll understand what I'm talking about. Jesus was proclaimed as the king of the Jews before he died on the cross, was buried, rose from the dead, then ascended to heaven, where he now sits at the right hand of the Father until he returns once again. Jesus is coming back 
We know that we know that he has promised that he will return. But we and he don't know when that will be. Only the Father knows. As Mark Stoneham said two weeks ago, we are living in the time of the already, but the not yet. We are living in the time of the already, but the not yet of the kingdom of God. And as I said in my last message, we are in the time of the kingdom is come, the kingdom is coming again, and we are living in a time of anticipation. But at the same time, we are living in a time of participation. We are called to participate in bringing the kingdom to earth, which is the title of my message today, bringing the kingdom to earth. Jesus did it and set the example for us to follow. Jesus didn't just set the example, he commissioned us, his disciples, to continue the work that he had begun on the earth. The work of taking the kingdom of God into all the earth before he ascended to heaven. And Jesus came and said to them, this is his disciples, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. How are we to go about bringing the kingdom to earth? We are to follow the example of Jesus. Do what he did. He proclaimed the nearness of the kingdom. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. He said it. And then he demonstrated that it was true. And immediately there was in their their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. Mark 1, 23 to 26. Jesus did this many times. He made a proclamation and healing occurred. To the lame man, he said, arise, pick up your bed and walk. To the leper, he said, I'm willing, when he asked, are you willing to heal me? The demons fled when he said, go. Derek Morphy in his book, Breakthrough, Discovering the Kingdom, says, one can view the entire public ministry of Jesus in two ways, the words of Jesus and the works of Jesus. The works were always the result of the words, and the words were always proclaiming the word. They announced the kingdom. He further goes on to say, the breakthrough of the kingdom occurred through the coming of Jesus and through Pentecost. Pentecost occurred because Jesus ascended. It is therefore, in a sense, an aspect of the coming of Jesus. 
Jesus' words and works were the trigger mechanism of the kingdom. Jesus' works had their climax in his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. All these works unleashed the breakthrough of the powers of the age to come. The astonishing reality for the church is that Jesus expected the coming of the kingdom to continue after his departure through Pentecostal power and the great announcement of the church. He goes on to say the key to bringing in the kingdom is to engage in the great announcement. The announcement takes place in the context of two other vital components. The three components are expectation, prayer, and announcement. The kingdom announcement must be made after the prayer of the kingdom. The prayer of the kingdom must take place within the framework of kingdom expectation. What does all that mean? What is the kingdom expectation and the prayer of the kingdom? The answer to these is found in the prayer Jesus taught us, his disciples, to pray. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew 6, 9 to 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we pray, your kingdom come, do we pray with the expectation that it is going to happen? Do we? When we pray, your kingdom come, do we pray with the expectation that it's going to happen? What is our expectation when we pray? Are we expecting God's kingdom to come and manifest itself in our midst? When we pray, we need to pray with the expectation that our Father in heaven is listening and he delights in our times of prayer, having interaction time with him. He is our Father and we can expect him to be present with us when we are speaking to him and spending time with him, listening to him, hearing what he has to say and expecting him to speak to us. Now, we've experienced this in our prayer times, both here on a Sunday morning before the service when we gather to pray at the back of the hall. We expect Father to speak, and He does. <clears throat> we've also experienced it in our monthly prayer breakfast where we wait and listen and expect Him to speak to us first before we speak to Him. And there was a breakthrough moment, the time when we said, for the first time we said, we are going to just sit and wait and listen and wait to hear what God has to say to us before we begin to speak out the things that we feel we should be praying into. And that was a good 18, 20-odd months ago that that happened. And since then, those prayer breakfasts, those prayer times have been a time of waiting on God, hearing from Him, because He speaks to us when we expect Him to. And out of that, we begin to pray into things. So we do have an, expe uh, an expectation of him speaking to us when we pray, when we listen to him, when we wait on him. Our, prayer, our private prayer times also need to be like this. We need to expect Father to speak to us, hear what is on his heart, and then we can pray into these situations before we speak to him about our needs and requests. There's nothing wrong with coming with needs and requests to God. He wants that. 
And he actually says he knows what our needs are before we even come to him, before we speak out to him. But he wants us to, to tell him what they are. But he wants us all to, to wait on him, listen to him first, and then speak. He wants to hear what is on our hearts, but first we need to hear what's on his heart for us and for the situations that we find ourselves in or expect to find ourselves in during the day. From these times of expectation and prayer, kingdom announcements flow. We see this in our ministry time at the end of our meetings when we invite the Holy Spirit to come upon us and show us what he sees in our midst and then we announce what he shows us. When people come up front to share something, it's because God has shown them that through the Holy Spirit. And then we speak out. And from that, people respond to it. And God acts upon that response. These times of expectation, prayer, and announcements are not to be just for on a Sunday in the hall or our monthly prayer breakfast but are meant to take us into the streets where we live. We're meant to do that to our places of work, the shops that we frequent, and wherever God leads us. He wants us to be waiting on Him first before we go anywhere and ask Him to show us, is there anything that you've got for us, for me? Is there someone you want me to, to share something with? We've been commissioned by Jesus, just like his first disciples were. And he called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. These 12 Jesus sent out, instructing them, Proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. Matthew 10, verses 1, 5, 7, and 8. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the, work, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. This is still the commission from God to his church today. The mandate has not changed and will not change until Christ returns. When we are obedient and go and do what Father has commissioned us to do, maybe then when we gather on Sundays or in our midweek meetings, we'll be able to say what the 72 had to say when they returned to Jesus and reported back to him. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Luke 10, 17. Even the demons are subject to us in your name. We have greater power and authority than the demons that are in the world. We have greater power. And we need to know that. Why? Because we have the power of God in us. And God is far greater than anything that he created. And the demons are created angels that have fallen, that have turned, their, turned away from God. They're no more than that. So we don't have to fear them, because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world.
Is this not what we long for? That the demons are subject to us in our name. Don't we long for that? Hearing stories of the presence and power of God manifesting in our midst in our daily lives with the gifts of the Holy Spirit operating in and through us wherever we are. And it was wonderful to hear Mark's testimony of how the, his boss had, had this, this toothache and it was going to cost her a whole lot of money to, to have it, her teeth sorted out. And even though he wasn't with her when he prayed, he was inspired, he was empowered by, by what happened at the conference, at the Vineyard Leaders Gathering. And he prayed for her. And that healing was released into her mouth. And that he could then share with her what had happened. That when he prayed, God act, acted. The gift of the Spirit moved at that time. We want to see people's lives changed because we are moving in the power of the Holy Spirit and bringing the kingdom to earth. How do we go about doing this? How do we go about doing this? We practice here on Sunday mornings and in our midweek meetings. These are the safe places to learn and grow and make mistakes. As long as we learn from our mistakes. This is a safe place to practice. A safe place to make mistakes. To maybe say something that wasn't quite from God. Or say more than what God has said to us. He might give us a word and we give that word and we give something more. But there will be people that will help us and correct us. So we can learn and grow. This is the safe place. In our meetings, being vineyard, we pray, come Holy Spirit. Or pray as Jesus taught us, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's the same thing. When we say come Holy Spirit, it's shorthand for your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is, for, as it is in heaven. Either way, we're asking for and expecting the manifest presence of God to come upon us and show us what He wants to do in our midst. But it actually begins before that. It begins at home before the meetings. It begins with prayer and expectation. Prepare by spending time alone with God in prayer, with an open heart and mind, expecting Him to speak with you and give you something for that meeting or for the day you're going into. But especially how on a Sunday or in your midweek connect group, prepare your heart, prepare your minds, expect God to speak to you. So when there's opportunity in these meetings, you will be able to say what God has shown you or given you. Be expectant to be used by the Holy Spirit to move in one or more of the gifts. Be ready to do what Father tells you to do, to say what Father tells you to say. He might give you a picture or a scripture. He might give you a name of a person or a name of a disease or sickness. It might come as an impression in your mind or a word in your heart. Sometimes people feel pain or a sensation in a part of their body, and it's a way of God showing them that someone else is suffering in that area. And that's something that often happens to me. I will get a pain say, in, in my back or whatever, so in the kidney area, and just, I know I don't have problems with my kidneys, but it's just God's way of showing me there's somebody that is suffering in that way. And so I will say, is somebody here, I've got pain 
in the lower back. It could be kidneys, it could be muscle, it could be whatever, and you take it from there. So there's different ways that God shows us how to do what, what the problem is. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge. He gives us these, these gifts. And they are gifts that he gives to us. They're not gifts that we hold on to. They're gifts that he gives to us. So we prepare ourselves before we come to these meetings. Then we come and be part of the prayer time before the meeting. Come on Sunday mornings. We pray at the back every Sunday morning around about 10 o'clock. We aim to be praying at that time. So instead of coming at quarter past 10 and just having some tea and coffee and joining the meeting, come at 10 o'clock. Or even before that, help with the setup and do things and gather with one another. But come, ready to come to the prayer meeting. Ask Father if the things that he has given you is for the prayer meeting or is it for later on in the service? If you feel it's for the service, again, ask him to tell you when you're to share it. Is it during the worship or is it for the end of the meeting, in the ministry time? If you're not sure, then speak to one of the leaders or one of the people that you see moving in the gifts of the Spirit regularly. Bob and Yvonne, if you're not sure, go and speak to them. Tell them what's on your heart, what you're feeling. They have years of experience in this. There are others here as well that you can go to and just say, this is what I'm sensing, this is what I'm feeling. Is this right? Should I share it now or should I hold on to it? And if they're not sure, they will say, well, let's wait and see. But nine times out of ten, we'll be able to, as leaders and those that have experience in moving in the gifts of the Spirit, we'll have a sense of when it's for. So you've spent time with God before the meeting. If you don't feel like you have anything having spent time with God before meeting, don't panic. Don't worry. Just be open to the Holy Spirit to speak to you during the course of the meeting. While we're worshiping, while we're waiting on God, while we're praying through our prayer points, God can begin to speak to you. Have an open heart and an open mind to expect God to speak to you and through you. Be open to Him using you and as and when He decides. Like Mark's example when his boss was speaking to him. Yeah, maybe he should have prayed there and then. But you know what? God redeems those situations. And even though he didn't pray there and then, at, at the VLG he prayed, and God still acted on that prayer. And so things like, so don't beat yourself up if you, if you miss it, if you miss the timing. But just do what you feel God has called you to do. Don't worry about making a mistake or making a fool of yourself. John Wimber used to say, I'm a fool for Christ. Whose fool are you? You know, we're all fools in the eyes of one another, of other people. We do things, especially as believers. Many people think we are foolish. So when we come to them and say, listen, I just have this sense that God has shown me something. Are you struggling with this in your life? Or is this an issue in your life? Or whatever it is that he shows you. You're not going to be any more foolish in their eyes than what you already are. So be bold, be brave, and go and do it. You know, don't, don't worry about it. You, you have no reputation to lose. Okay. Jesus has a reputation. We don't have a reputation. So we have no reputation to lose. Don't worry about it. If you do make a mistake or do make a fool of yourself, you're in good company. All the apostles messed up and made mistakes. It was how they learned. And you too will learn. 
The worst mistake you can make is to not try. Not try. I mean, those who listen to the teachings from, from the VLG, yeah, try. Um, Jordan Singh was saying, try. That's what we need to do. Just try it. Don't hold back from sharing what you feel God has given you. You're robbing yourself from being a blessing, and you're robbing others from being blessed. God wants us to be listening to him, hearing what he's saying to us, and then acting upon what he says. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Amen. I trust you found that helpful and insightful. Now, I've been in two minds. Do we go now and say, come Holy Spirit, what have you got for us? Or do we look at some questions and then we do the Holy Spirit time at the end as we normally do? Um, because you've been inspired, or hopefully you've been inspired. And has God said something to you while I've been speaking? Is there anything on your heart that you feel God wants you to share? Let's do it. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Ask that you would just come and move upon us now. Speak to us. Show us what's on your heart for us now. Release your gifts in our midst. Come, Holy Spirit, come. What's the Holy Spirit given you? Anybody? So don't be shy. So you can't make a fool of yourself. <clears throat> Come on up and share some. Is it a scripture, a word, a, a picture? Come, the microphone's here. Just let's make sure that it's turned on. Might be muted at the back there. Just, uh, Mark's coming now. You'll unmute it. Just hold on there, Bob. I had a picture of a train, <clears throat> a long train. Um, <clears throat> but the engine was at the back. My understanding of this is that someone is on a is on a journey, but they're not being led by Jesus. They're being pushed by the devil. So if you feel that you have things that you want to Jesus to deal with, but they're not being dealt with but you still feel propelled forward somewhere, somehow, then just let Jesus show you the truth. He has the truth. The devil's just a taskmaster. Don't submit to him. I, I feel as if um, God is saying, trust in me. 
Um, even when we're going through difficult situations and we don't know the way ahead, we don't know where to turn, we don't know who to turn to. Um, but Jesus is saying, trust in me. Just keep your eyes focused on, on God and to trust in him. I wasn't sure about this word, but it confirms what's been said before. Um, I've got a picture of um, Jesus leading us. Jesus leading us. Um, and I've got the words, um, this is the way, walking it, walk in it. And, but it was, the significance, significance was that Jesus was leading us um, by the hands, like a small child. He was leading us forward he was facing us and he was guiding us these are the steps i want you to walk in walk in my steps that i guide you but it was a gentle spirit it was a gently gently being shown how to walk and he will guide us and you must seek him and guide he will guide you i can hardly believe what i've just heard although i shouldn't i shouldn't doubt it um, two weeks ago, I had a, a friend with me, a lovely girl called Pat, and she gave us a prophecy in the prayer meeting. Some of you may have heard it. And it was about God asking us to take his hand and to walk with him. To, and since that time, two weeks ago, I've heard that exactly the same word two or three more times. And, and again this morning with, with Audrey. But of course, Audrey wasn't at the prayer meeting, so she wouldn't have heard it. Um, I feel God is saying exactly what Audrey said, that he wants us to take his hand, go in the direction he's leading us, to walk at his pace, and to, to take his hand in friendship and intimacy and draw close to him. Yeah, in, and in friendship. Not, he, of course he's our God and he's awesome, but he wants that intimate friendship with us. Yeah. If you look at, I mean, you listen to that, what Bob said, it's the engine at the back is pushing where God is saying, no, I'm in the front, follow, you know, follow me. In the prayer meeting this morning and just before when I was with Marty, just had a strong, strong sense that we are the remnant. And the remnant were those that stood firm, that stood firm in the face of all trouble and we keep asking God to send us new people, new Christians, and we're not seeing that. But all the people that God is joining to us are really strong, incredibly faithful, experienced men and women of God. And I really believe that's for a reason, that we are meant to be the remnant. We are going to be standing in the face of this persecution, in the troubles, in the uncertainties. We will be standing on the rock. We will be firm. Our faith will not be shaken. Our light will shine and we will draw people to us. I stood on a uh, beach in Spain many years ago and uh, about a quarter to five in the morning and I saw the sun come up. The vision that I was getting just now was that same vision of as the sun comes up to the water it flickers on the on the sea and as it gradually rose uh, it was quite dull and as it rose it got brighter and brighter and it had my face on it 
And I take that as, as it got brighter, is, means that you're beginning to shine and keep up the good work. Great. Wonderful. Okay. We've heard it. We've responded to it. Um, I think we'll leave responding to these words at the end. We'll just have a quick look at discussion questions and we'll short discussion time and then we'll finish off with worship and ministry time. Uh, so, questions. What spoke to you from this message? Secondly, how can you be involved in bringing the kingdom to earth? What can you do? Thirdly, what can you do to take the kingdom, kingdom outside of the walls of the church? And then pray for one another. Okay.